Welcome to the Just a Normal Patriot Podcast, Episode 4. soldiers loose on the streets of D.C. There are a couple questions about this topic that must be answered. In this essay, we attempt to identify the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Armed soldiers do not have jurisdiction to operate within CONUS. By what process was this authorized? Under what authority? There are certain national restrictions to protect the citizens of the United States and the U.S. military from harm and being used in an inappropriate manner on U.S. soil. Who? There are restrictions to the actions being displayed within the Capitol. Mainly, the writ of habeas corpus has to be suspended to allow for armed military to operate domestically. Has this writ been suspended? Is there a larger threat to the nation's capital than angry patriots? These soldiers, as identified, are from three state National Guards. Standard issue equipment with aerial oversight have descended upon the heart of America. The biggest question remains, who gave the order and had the authority to initiate the action? What? These soldiers are in a defensive posture and have set up control checkpoints in and out of the capital area. Reports of mobile patrols and aerial overhead surveillance lead to a disturbing trend of imperialistic power being displayed upon the American people. By restricting movement of the populace and filter of authority, we have effectively created a malicious state. A clear defined separation of the establishment and the people. We know that the military is conducting scanning patrols, long and short range surveillance on the population and loose cooperation with other governmental agencies. The National Guard implementation cannot be authorized within DC because the cooperation does not have state jurisdiction. What is the purpose for this armed force to occupy sovereign U.S. territory and conduct military operations within U.S. soil? Who do these soldiers report to? All military operations have a clearly defined command structure for operational command and control. When? The occupying military force has been in occupation since the events in the storm of the Capitol maintaining continuous operations within the capital. When there is a domestic incident, it is the jurisdiction of the state or provisional police to deal with the situation if exterior implementations. Ability to reinforce with FBI, Marshals, SWAT, and Homeland Security. When we cease to ask questions about authority or intent, this trend leads to abusive misuse of assets and resources.
Square. The National Guard has effectively consumed all authoritarian control over Washington, D.C. and established a precedence of command over process and systems. Where is the TOC of this command authority? Where is the voice of reason and judicial process in this implementation? Such military assets require defined command structure for coordination and sinking of actions. Where are these soldiers allowed to operate? We can see an overwhelming presence surrounding the capital with patrols all operating from this location. One would think there are secondary command points and distribution nodes located within Washington, D.C., possibly out of this area. Why? Why would a military force be deployed on U.S. soil? This is unprecedented and requires a massive loosening of regulatory requirements to enable. There are numerous safeguards that exist to prevent this action. We know that the National Guard can be released into states under control of the state's governor with limited authority and scope of operational requirements. But D.C. is not a state. It does not have a governor, which is a requirement and cannot be subsided. Washington, D.C. is an incorporation which operates with a mayor and a board to rule over the capital provisional spaces. These officials are not voted for. They are emplaced by the Congress of the United States. So how are troops operating and what cooperation was made with adjacent states to authorize this action? How? For federal activation of U.S. troops on domestic soil requires suspension of habeas corpus and declaration of martial law. There are no direct indications this has occurred. This authority can only be implemented by the President of the United States. We do know that there has been a declared national emergency within Washington, D.C. until after inauguration. With a declared state of emergency, you can activate the National Guard, but it does not give them the authority to be armed with live ammunition. Activation of the National Guard must be placed under the direct control of a governor of a state. This authority cannot be delegated down, and Washington, D.C. does not have a governor. States can request cross-state cooperation for intent of reinforcing and supplementation. This is usually drafted in a legislative agreement between town governors after a national emergency has been declared and will be secondary to the state's National Guard authority, in essence, under their jurisdiction. Direct authorization for the issuing of live ammunition to these soldiers can only happen once a writ of habeas corpus is suspended. When did this occur? If all the preconditions have not been met or occurred, this can only be described as military occupation of the nation's capital. Criteria. 1. Declared national or regional emergency. 2. Activation of National Guard placed over governor control. 3. Suspension of the writ of habeas corpus. 4. Initiation of martial law. 5. Issuing of live ammunition and updating of rules and engagement. 6. Absorption of external assets under military control. End state. Have these conditions been met? If 
They have not. This is a clear occupation of the United States by military forces. So the underlying argument, what is the authority? What is the command structure? Have the appropriate levels of progression to suspension of civil liberties been initiated? This essay serves to the point of questioning and beginning discussion to process and precedence. Our society operates by laws and process. They are imperative to the functioning of the republic. People must begin to question the actions of the establishment and the legitimacy of actions if our republic is continued to thirst and thrive. Unchecked power can only lead to unchecked corruption. Destruction of Americanism. The destruction of Americanism has been taking place for many years through an orchestrated cause of effects. The seemingly nonchalant method of action disguised as simplistic injustice and external reflection. Easy enough to mask the true intention, confusion, disorder, and disbelief and what can only be described as a redesign of the American way of life. This is, in actuality, much easier to put into context when overview of the situation. Distrust before your eyes, adjustment of your own field of view and a widening of your parameters and visible space and allows you to adjust your perspective of global ramifications by understanding the design, intent, and functionality of the impending coup against the United States of America. These perpetrators mask their true intentions with a blanket of obscurity and rhetoric. They hide behind the mask of plausible deniability, easy to distort fiction from reality. The use of a propagated media machine that controls all flow of information. They can create a sub-reality over all human intention. What is happening now within the United States of America is a complete deconstruction of the foundation of our way of life as originally intended, as, envi as envisioned by the founders has been systematically and surgically removed and replaced with a authoritarian regime designed to consolidate wealth and power away from the hands of the American people and place all governmental control systems and subsystems within. Strictly regulated constraints and narratives, the power influence and flow of information out of these constraints. The design narrative has been in place in similar fashion of context for over 30 years. It challenges our moral virtues, integrity, and serves to demoralize an already persecuted population by continuing this path. They are able to discourage most of the population from taking notice of their devious intentions. And to the untrained or unaware, the actions would seem to be an instance of difference of ideology or party, still unified under the common core of belief to the American people that could not be further from the truth. The actions taking place in our country foremost are illegal. 
unconstitutional and can only be conceived as an act of war. An act of war on our beliefs, the structure of our nation and national government. A war on thought and ideas. The major catalyst of shift occurred in roughly 2006 when we saw a dramatic change to the geopolitical structure of our country. No longer was the expression of ideas, ideology, or thought allowed to be shared within the public square. We have resorted to censorship and oligarchy. The fact that American citizens are being persecuted and harassed for simply utilizing their constitutional rights is an attack on human nature. All rights that exist are not given to us by man. They are God-given rights in a form of human nature. Every voice within this country, albeit within the world, has a voice and that voice deserves to be heard. So given what we know, what is the path forward? How do we correct the grave injustice against the population and restore integrity and foundations of the Republic? To that question, you have to dig just a little bit deeper. And what we are observing, how do you know fact from fiction? How can you discriminate between the two? Reality disguised in the current environment and all information can be deemed as devious. We must fall back on our inherent truths and recognize that no one is endowed to government or a system of control, that we as human beings are free. Free to think and address the grievance, have our voices heard. Most of the information being portrayed by mainstream sources is simply white noise. It is designed to diffuse, distract, and confuse the population from what is really occurring. Throughout history, distracting has been one of the primary tactics used to disrupt the population, to distort focus, energy, motivation, and determination. We must break through this white noise barrier and get to the root cause of the problem. Luckily, we have a source of critical information that is non-distorted or reinterpreted. They consist of three documents of historical importance. The Declaration of Independence, Constitution and the Bill of Rights. The systems and processes are already initiated and placed in our nation. It is simply a matter of removing the bad actors, disposing of the fragility that exists, and restoring the Republic to its original design. This is easier said than done in practicality. People have their own thought patterns and tensions and spectrum of ability, which they can see with clarity. History has taught us anything is that consolidation of singular purpose is incredibly difficult to achieve. So we remain scattered. Difference of focus and purpose, difference of direction. As we remain separated and scattered, the tension builds. The corrupt can continue to push their agenda further with no direct threat to their imperial will until the point where the tension reaches critical mass and bursts through the seams this will result in warfare direct kinetic warfare within the united states there is a bypass to this course of action it is critical and that it happens a strategic imperative
that is, the unification of the population of the United States, the power of this nation has always originated from the people of this great country. We can restore the balance. We can choose through voice, courage of conviction, and moral standing to fight back against an oppressive regime. So we must question. We must show concern for our nation. We must not let the fate of decisions be rested upon a singular body. We the people alone have the power to restore the Republic to the original design and free all Americans. We can restore the patriotism of our founders, the knowledge of our history, the love of our country. We, the people, can restore Americanism. Restoring the Republic. The Republic, our instituted system of representative government, has bestowed onto us from our founding fathers. A form of government conceptualized to place the power within the people is exhumed by elected representation. Frequently, electoral terms allow for difference of ideas and shaping of the nation to match the ebb and flow of the will of the populace. As of late, the representatives have failed to resonate with the view of the people. A deviation of the constitutional trust bestowed upon those who choose to serve our elected office. A lack of direct accountability on elected officials and overreach outside of mandated parameters have led to widespread corruption and dilution of the public voice. Self-serving in nature designed to suppress the overwhelming voice of the, go of the people. Our government is meant to be bestowed to by the design of representation and cooperation inherent powers as bestowed on the basis of benefit to the people. It is by the will of the people to hold the actions of the elected accountable. The call and nature of deliberate intention and function to restore and equalize the power base to return to the people. If we, the people, are to take deliberate action upon the Republic to restore balance and equality, such actions and intentions would have to be unified in resolve. The power bestowed by the Constitution were never designed to be amassed by the Federal. The majority of vested powers were designed to be empowered at the state level, and by design, the body that was closer to the people. Stripping states of this power and amassing power within the federal has served to diminish the voice of the people as it would pertain to the issues that would affect them. What we see now in our government is the cause of years of deliberate actions taken by adverse ideology and desire for wealth and power. I believe that there is a slim chance 
that the continuation of course that would be that would eventually lead to the republic's collapse can still be remedied. However, it would take consolidation, mobilization of intent, and functional resolve over a long period of time. It requires the people to stand up in opposition defined to the wish of corrupt government officials. This is more difficult in execution than in concept as we have a deeply resentful and divided population Focus on energies and message is scattered and in disarray. Country and constitutional foundings, above all else, must be the prevalent message displayed. The other intentions and desires for reform must come secondary. Even this action requires significant debate and deliberation. We find ourselves in the predicament we are currently in. A single unified opposition to constitutionality and a constitutional segregation that is in conflict with the opposition and also its other remaining party. Both oppositions serve to diminish the importance to the voice of the people. So the bad news, because of the inability to unify against a common foe, the anti-American first opposition is a sharp advantage they remain unified in purpose and intent, making any opposition diminished and cast aside as insignificant. We were actually seeing the rise of a new republic under President Trump. It was simplistic constitutionality based on view of the republic, American first always and above all else. The main point of contention to why this movement did not ultimately succeed was because of fracturing and greed. People with ill intentions and position of power that seek to redesign national interest in their own design would never work towards an end that would restore power of the representative back into the hands of the people where it belongs. Our future is uncertain and unidentified as the change of national interest. It is my hope that the American people find the strength to unite against any opposition that places our nation last and does not seek to enrich and benefit the people of the United States of America.